You are listening to the Gen Zen Broadcasting System. Hi, Spots and Cheap Pubs! And we are here, we are in the aftermath of one of the most historic pay-per-views in, well, probably top two or three in recent memory. Talking about AEW Full Gear, headlined by Hangman Adam Page, defeating Kenny Omega for the AEW World Champion. We have a new AEW Champion in Hangman Adam Page, and we had a pretty great night of professional wrestling. Some say a few of the matches went a little long. I'm one of those. But overall, absolutely great night and way to send the crowd home with a very special moment with the hangar winning Impaler. It was great watching the pay-per-view. How are you doing and how did you like this pay-per-view? And by the way, about folks, first pay-per-view watched live ever, right? Taylor? Yeah, my first AEW uh, pay-per-view for sure. So it was a great one to watch. I enjoyed it. Um, we also watched with a mutual friend. And uh, just talking to them, and they, they were uh, wrestling fans back in the Attitude Era, and this was like the first pay-per-view they probably watched since around that time. And uh, Or actually, you know what? They watched WrestleMania about eight years ago, and uh, <clears throat> which is nowhere comparison, comparing anything to like the Attitude Era. Uh, but needless to say, watching this with them and getting feedback from them, they were impressed with what they saw as far as like, athletically and from what they were buying into the storylines and then me personally as far as what i'm saying here great pay-per-view from beginning to end um and you know what it's good to have like a nice capper that the face walked away they tie up the loose ends of the storylines unlike other federations and you have a great story and we have a new big new beginning is what it seems uh really and uh we're starting the Adam Hangman Page era right now. So it's an intriguing sort of um, moment in history. I, you know, you and I will get into who's going to be next for him. I, I got a feeling, you know, hey, Daniel, uh, Brian Danielson supposed to be the guy, but MJF is looming. So I'm really intrigued to see how this all breaks down. But yeah, I'm, I'm doing great. And uh, it was great to watch the pay-per-view with you for sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm, it's exciting. And there's something special about AEW pay-per-views. They only have four of them a year, so they are able to really yeah. put everything in there. You know, you got, got things like the Lucha Brothers entrance, and that's becoming a regular pay-per-view thing. Their last entrance was amazing, going into that cage match with the Bucks. They had the actual guy come out and rap with them. And they were doing, like, dancing. It was great. So I will tell you this. It was... Uh, the great opener match, a banger with MJF and, and Darby, another banger with FTR and then Lucha Brothers. And then I felt like the pay-per-view lagged a little bit. There were a couple of matches that probably could have gone about five minutes, five minutes shorter than they originally did. But I'm, it was too good of a pay-per-view to waste my breath too much on that. Um, certainly, yeah. you definitely think the inner circle could have been over and finished a little bit. But even that had a really nice finish to it with Jericho yeah. doing about – well, we know, we know about Guerrero's – Frog splash. Certainly about the five star frog splash. I think Chris Jericho had a one star frog splash, and that was great. It's like that line. I just came up with it. That's pretty good because you could have chosen any number between one and five, and you went right for one. I like that. It wasn't that bad. It was a two. It was two. 
It was. I'll be honest with you. It was better than what I thought it was going to look like when he went up there. <laughs> what did you think it was going to look like? Kind of like when he got pushed off the uh, the top of the cage and fell into the garbage bag. <laughs> he would have fell that way too on his back. He's like, oh, I didn't know what I was doing. I never practiced it. I didn't practice. So dangerous. It, uh, this so wasn't a stunt bag. So let's talk about the end finish of Hangman's Hangman and Kenny match. And we, I think we kind of knew what this was going to happen. I thought maybe the Dark Order, I thought it might have gotten some violence, and I'm really glad it didn't. If you didn't see the finish and you don't want to know, close your ears. We did predict. I said that one-winged angel is going to be kicked out of. But Kenny, and everyone thought it was going to be Kenny. It wasn't just me. We didn't, Our Hangman. It wasn't just me that thought Hangman was kicking out. They flipped us. They had Hangman who you used the same move a year and a half ago against the Young Bucks comes back, uses it against Kenny, but Kenny is like, yo, no, you, well, you got to have a kick out for the one-winged angel, but I'm kicking out of it. <laughs> so even Kenny's protected in this loss to a certain extent. Oh, yeah. And and also now, I mean, with the injuries, he's even more protected. Uh, but the Young Bucks did, I knew they were going to have something to do with it. I'm so glad they did. The Young Bucks come out battered and bruised, losing to the Jurassic Express Christian Cage connection. And in fact, Matt took a friggin' concerto at the end of that match. So, and he was selling the shit out of that, that head and the neck. And just a great moment. And, and I, I'd like to talk, Matt Jackson, his character work during this entire thing might be the one of the hot, top two highlights of everything. The, the matches themselves are themselves, like amazing. You talk about every single match that they had, including FDR against the Young Bucks when they were tag champs, against mm-hmm. each other two times. I mean, every match was so perfect for this storyline. But Matt Jackson's character work, pleading with Hangman that he was always good enough. We just wanted him to be a friend. And then we're going to get into an act four. You're going to see that, which if you haven't checked it out on our YouTube page, you see there was miscommunication. Both wanted to reach out to the other one to be friends and talk about things. And just something came up. Matt Hardy specifically screwed over a chance to reconciliation when or when Matt Jackson actually sent Hangman, hey, man, let's talk. Matt, Matt Hardy found Hangman's phone because he dropped it because he was drunk, and he sent a, a message to Matt saying, no, man, fuck off. I don't need you guys. You guys are assholes. So that was part of the story that was always like, I, I can't see Matt and Hangman. Matt was such a good human being throughout this entire thing. They were pushed so far before they kicked him out of the elite. There's a lot of things that he fucked up. You know, mm-hmm. Hangman also told a bunch of the Young Bucks opponents that Matt had a bad back for. So that was such great stuff. And to have Matt Jackson be the, the end one to notingly almost approve of Hangman beating Kenny right before his final buckshot lariat was so beautiful. And such a poignant part. And Matt Jackson, I got to give him all the credit in the world. And the the, the couple of the soliloquies, even to a certain extent, or it was absolutely brilliant. And so I just got to give him tip tip the hat, my new brand new hat to I Matt Jackson. To Matt Jackson, I just thought he was great, and I thought it was beautiful. He was the last one you see before he hits that buckshot. So it, it just it, it couldn't have been better. And now that we found out Kenny had all those injuries. Chef's kiss. No, you're right, man. Yeah, it was. It was a. Uh, you know, nobody knows uh, 
the history of this feud quite like yourself, as you are the resident uh, BTE historian on the planet, and um, especially, namely, this, uh, <clears throat> namely with this feud as well. So, yeah, it just it was a great main event, and 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 honestly, um, you know, you always want to, you know, in entertainment, you, you tend to want to leave let your audience and leave them to want more. And I think they're punching out with Kenny at the right time. And they're going to probably divert him to one, get healed a little bit. Maybe he has to get some surgery or something. Um, but basically, it's also going to start veering towards New Japan, Okada, and things of that nature, which is pretty cool. And they're going to be doing this uh, here in the States. And it also allows Adam Page to grow for him to feud against others that aren't named Kenny Omega. And it's it's just going to help evolve the brand that much further. Yeah, well, we know who his first opponent's going to be. It's going to be Brian Danielson. And I wanted to talk about Brian Danielson. By the way, he had a great match with Miro. Those two guys really went at it. And weird finish. I thought he kind of dropped Miro on his head, and then he got him into the, the finisher. And then he they called the match, which, maybe, you know what, though? Is it nitpicking if I pick a finish like that? Like that—that's something that would happen in a real sport. The way that ended, All right? So is it really that bad that it happened? You know, it's like it keeps the realism a little bit weird. Like they don't do it often. It's not like they do it every. It's not like they do it like a roll up in a, on, on a certain brand, two brands. Yeah, um, yeah. Thank God they're not veering towards that sort of thing right now. But yeah, I get what you're saying. So Brian Dan, the reason, so Brian Danielson already subtly starting a little feud with Hangman Adam Page. If you noticed, Brian Danielson's coming with a little bit of a chip on his shoulder. Certainly the way he wrestles, but not to mention just that the dude's coming in and saying, "I'm going to fuck you up. I'm the best wrestler in the world, and no one's going to touch me." And so much so, he's called Eddie. He was the first one to call out Eddie Kingston. It wasn't CM Punk. It was Brian Danielson. Mm -hmm. And right. Brian Danielson's also had a couple of other choice words. And one thing he he mentioned in the media scrum, he said, quote, Adam Page is very good. I don't know how long he'll be as champion. I don't think it's going to be very long. And obviously, mm -hmm. that might be confidence because he might be thinking, I'm going to beat him in, in, in his first title defense. But... That's not how it may, that might not even be the way it works out. I have no idea. But um, how about the subtle thing with Hangman throwing away the beer at the end of that match too? I, I thought that was beautiful. Like, no, I want my friends. I don't oh, want he, beer. No, he's done drinking. That's it. No, he was drinking after the match. I don't think you're going to see him drinking on camera anymore. Oh, I know, but in BTE, he was drinking in the back. <laughs> he did have a beer in his hands when, yeah. he, when he's getting his. Uh, he was getting his when he was done with the match. He got a standing ovation from everybody in the back, which ties mm -hmm. directly in. But I thought that was a beautiful moment either way. By the way, I just wanted to point that out. Yeah. Um. Because don't forget, the beer was also left when he lost the tag team championship. They left him a beer in the ring. Like, Here's your beer, though, buddy. You got your beer still. Right. Right. He doesn't need the liquor anymore. Exactly. That was the beautiful part of it. But he, but anyway, uh, he was drinking. He did have a beer in, in, in the back, and he was congratulated by all, a lot of the wrestlers in the back. One wrestler in particular, I thought to take note in the way in which he spoke. He goes up to Hangman Adam Page and says, 
Good, good, very good. And gives him a hug and then walks away. And he he looked, he really looked like, I hope you like that title because it's coming with me. That like you saw it, he's like, good, very good. Like almost smug. So this real subtle part of Brian Danielson playing this, you're seeing him become this American dragon now at all times. He's not, yeah. I don't know who Daniel Bryan is anymore. He's making Daniel yeah. Bryan look like a little bitch. And that guy made it at WrestleMania twice. Right. I mean, wow. The character work. Yeah, he, yeah he's got the utmost of confidence. He belongs there and he practically feels like he owns it. And in ring wise, holy cow, man. I mean, you're he, and the matches he's put on, does he take the title from Hangman? Is Hang is a Hangman one and done? No, I doubt that. There's no way they built this all up just for him to go and wrestle. I, that's where I'm like wondering: Does Brian Danielson get diverted from this match in, in in the name of something else? That'd be a WWE move. So I think we're conditioned to think that because you're right. The reason thinking is why would you have Brian Danielson, who's an inferno right now in terms of putting on matches for a world title mm-hmm. match against Hangman. Does Hangman pull off the upset victory? I mean, does that kill Brian? Does that kill Brian Danielson's emo, uh, momentum? That's the interesting question. That's why I think you're thinking like that because you don't want to stop this guy's momentum. You don't want either one or Dynamos. Yeah. And that's why that's the biggest reason I picked Mira. The biggest reason I picked Mira. And now you're in this position where one of them has to take a loss unless you have a draw. Then Kenny comes back and maybe you have a triple threat match for uh, Revolution. There you go, Tony. I just booked your next match. I mean, you know, I think it's more more um, somebody screws over Brian Danielson for him to do the job to Hangman at this moment. Does Moxley come back to do that? Maybe. I, I, it's possible because Moxley was supposed to be in the tournament, et cetera, et cetera, and then they, those two could feud. That's exactly what you do. We just figured it out. Yeah. Boom. Uh, other matches in, of note here at, at AEW Full Gear. I thought the match of the night in terms of bell to bell was, I would dare say, easily Darby Allen and MJF. Both of them put on a goddamn clinic. They had an exchange early showing their athleticism where they both finished with a kip up. Oh my God. What a. Yeah, that was brilliant. my favorite match of the night. Yeah, easily. How good is MJF in yeah. the ring, by the way? People don't understand that he's not, he doesn't wrestle a lot, so there actually is a criticism. Yeah. There's a criticism people say because they don't see him wrestle is that he doesn't know how to wrestle. All you no, gotta do he, is watch it. Like, All you have to do is watch one of his pay-per-view matches, and you're like, oh, never mind. Now he's an excellent wrestler, and honestly, Darby impressed me as well. Like Darby was going move for move with him. He showed the world that he's a wrestler, um, not just some sort of stunt man. Uh, to be confused with one of those. And I mean, you know, and, and you know, I even love that. I think they coined that phrase, uh, the human missile crisis during it, uh, where he destroyed um, MJF with that one uh, Suicia. Or, uh, it's how you pronounce it, right? And, um, and, and it was just, he's so vicious when he goes through the ropes like that with that move, man. It's just, he's the best at it. Um, never seen but yeah, that man. No, no, and it's just so violent, and just the collision that he goes and, and creates. And, you know, I can watch those guys wrestle, you know, I don't want to say forever, but, man, this is like something that, uh, you know, you would know their ages right off hand. How much are, how, how old are Darby and MJF? I think Darbs is 26 and MJF is 25. 
So you're talking they could legit keep on doing this for the next 20 years. In fact, MJF said famously in in a promo before his title match with John Moxley, he said, I'm going to be here running this business for the next 25 years. And he said, do the math. Hinting that, yeah, he's only 20. And at the time, I believe he was only 23. So, uh, no, he's 24. So I tell you what, I mean, right there. I mean, those are just two of them. I mean, look at the, I mean, you, you got Lee Moriarty and Dante Martin the other day face to face. Those two are going to be headlining a pay per view within the next five years, possibly. Definitely within the next right. 10. And 10 years from now, these guys will just be in their late 20s or yeah. early 30s. Yeah. Yeah. The future is so bright. And that's one of the reasons I was also enjoying the pay per view because you know what? I didn't really, short of Chris Jericho, see anything, um, any semblance of a part-time player like a Goldberg or something like that. And, it's, and he's it's not. Sort of, and Jericho does the work, man. He's there every week. Yeah, so. yeah. He's he's not a part-timer, and that's you know, even though hey, I I adore Jericho, I'm been a, been a great fan of his for a long time. But you know what? I think it's time that he starts sort of you know taking a backseat to some of the younger guys. He did what he was supposed to do. First champion. Help legitimize them, um, you know. And I, I just think it's time that he starts fading away. But even with that being said, it's not a Goldberg situation. It's not like, hey, we got a big pay per view coming up, and don't worry what we just did for the last six months. Uh, Bray Wyatt, uh, we're going to bring in Goldberg, who was awesome during the Monday Night Wars, and I'm going to use awesome in air quotes because you and I both think differently of him um, than many people that just chant his name incessantly. And there's nothing like that uh, on AEW. And they should be proud of that because it's not like a typical gimmick just to go and appease somebody like, oh, I feel good or forgetting the Peacock Network because I'm, I'm watching Bill Goldberg wrestle in Saudi Arabia. I mean, at the end of the day, who really gives a shit? I mean, really. But with AEW, you're seeing this young talent mixing with talent in their prime, mixing with Storylines that began that began in Japan, um, things that WWE does does not do. In the media scrum, CM Punk said this, and I love this. He said, and he was talking about Roman, and I wanted to get into this, and it was great. And I'm okay. going to par- and I'm going to paraphrase. Okay. And he said, you know, I hear the criticism that AEW is not trying to appeal to a casual fan, a casual wrestling fan. I don't, and this is CM Punk talking. I don't think there are casual wrestling fans anymore. We're appealing to wrestling fans. And we do this weird concept where we put on professional wrestling and wrestling fans like it. Unbelievable, right? And he's, he's going on to say, and that was a shot at Roman because Roman said he doesn't understand how AEW fans are actually part of the show. The show is dictated heavily by AEW. And he probably is pointing out, pointing that out because WWE, particularly the Thunderdome, presented a better product in terms of visually than AEW did. And AEW struggled a bit more because I believe because the crowd wasn't there. If the crowd live crowds were there the entire time, I think the AEW success would even be greater right now. I really do. Um, You know, they'd be they'd be another six months a year down the road. So. The point of this is, is that CM Punk saying, hey, look, we're going to appeal. This is where professional wrestling lives. And Daniel Bryan, uh, Brian Danielson has said this too. 
really good professional wrestling will eventually catch on. And you see the passion from AEW fans, and you see almost the Xanax Adderall-esque reaction of WWE fans. It's a different animal. Guess what? Guess what shows are going to attract more people and get more people? Ooh, what's going on over there? Because everyone knows what WWE is about. Oh, it's that thing. Probably that's one of the reasons a lot of people are are afraid to check AEW out, even because they saw how WWE's been. You know how many people yeah. said, "Oh, I used to love it with The Rock and Stone Cold, but it sucks now." Sure. There's only one player in the game the last twenty years for someone to say that. So people are a little turned off, and so AEW is going to happen. And yeah. Punk also pointed this out, which was great to you. Look, hey, look, we're making money, and we're making wrestling fans happy. It's a win-win for everybody. He's like, I know we got to run a business and get it going, but right now everybody's happy and everybody's doing their job. And so it's it's really a great time for AEW. And negative thoughts aside, it doesn't matter all the negative thoughts, all these criticisms. The horses, they're making enough money to last for a long time, so they're going to continue to create art. And the people will come. Kevin Costner will build a fucking arena and there more people will show up because of it. Kevin Costner is collaborating with Tony Khan? Yes. Wow. That's pretty impressive. I didn't know Tony Khan was going to be on Yellowstone. Ring of Dreams, buddy. Ring of Dreams, it's called. Wow. There's a nice ring to it. Was that in Yellowstone, by the way? What's that? Was the Field of Dreams field in, actually in Yellowstone? No, Kevin, Kevin Costner's on a TV show on the Paramount Network that's pretty popular called Yellowstone. Oh, I like the Untouchables. It's popular. Yeah, I steal my 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 tag clothesline from from there. Your tag clothesline? Not not like Hangman's Lariat, but no, my tag clothes my my closing line my my line at the end of the show. Ah, okay. I get it from Sean Connery. Here it endeth the lesson. Here endeth the lesson. You gotta love it. It might be I was wondering where that came from. Well, now you know, knowing he's got the battle. So moving. So I, I don't I don't know what I think about Brian Danielson and Hangman. I know we're a little bit all over the map right now, but I, I it's interesting to me where, where it's going. And I don't know. They they're gonna they I think the make to make the most sense, it's going to have John Moxley do something in that match. Now, the only thing I will say though is that you notice AEW despises ending championship matches with something like that, mm-hmm. you know, typically. Yeah. Um, you know, something that bleat, you know, it might be something. So they'll have to come up. But the thing is, is, look, they've gotten creative where things you think are just the create, you know, cliche way to go about it. They've, they've doctored it up a little bit and, and painted it up and threw a couple Easter eggs and a couple curveballs at you so you don't see it coming as much. So AEW is doing their thing, man, because we still don't even know what's going on with Malachi Black and Andrade. Yeah, I agree with you on that point that they don't like doing that sort of thing in title matches for sure, right? But, you know, you and I just mentioned Moxley, and Moxley's coming out of rehab. As soon as Moxley comes out of the crowd, the fans are going to try to make him a babyface. But storyline-wise, the way they were headed with Moxley prior to the rehab – was that he was going on a heelish heelish route. 
And the only way I think you can continue with the heelish route is if he goes and does something dastardly, it's going to cost Brian Danielson a match like that. Yeah, I think Moxley and Danielson are going to be the next pay-per-view for them, too, because I, I really believe yeah. that. And the reason I believe that is because Moxley also cut a promo on how the new guys are coming in here trying to run game, and it's not going to work. Yeah, yeah. So a little bit of history of Brian Danielson and Punk, for that matter, as well. In fact, probably more so with Punk, if I remember correctly. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see where they're <laughs> going. And there's a couple other things. Where are they going? You know, are they still – it's gonna it's gonna be a very good dynamite tomorrow night because you also Hangman's gonna have his first interview as a world champion in his home state. Does Brian Danielson come out right there? But I, it's gonna be fun, man. I'm I'm all I'm all in, obviously. So and also we'd be remiss if we didn't bring up Jay Lethal as is now all all elite. How are you excited are you to hear some Macho Man and Ric Flair impersonations? <laughs> Well, you know, do you think he's going to actually do it? He'll do it here and there. Yeah. Okay. Part yeah, of he'll sprinkle it in a bit. Yeah. Um, yeah, because I when I used to watch TNA and Impact or whatever, that was part of the uh, charm of it, really, was to see him and Ric Flair was uh, with AJ Styles, and I forget the faction that they had with uh, Bobby Roode and Cowboy James Storm. Uh, but yeah, I love that that whole stuff. And, and then Jay Lethal himself is is a good wrestler, so um, he's going to be facing Sammy. They've already set the table for that. Uh, welcome to the to the show, and you got a title match immediately, which is a big difference maker than another company that uh, is out of Stanford, Connecticut. Like that would almost never happen, pretty much. And here he has the opportunity to go against one of the pillars of that company. I mean, I fully expect expect Sammy to win. However, it should be a pretty damn good match that'll showcase Jay Lethal. So, and he's there for the duration. What he, he signed a couple of year deal, I think, to three year deal or something. So, you know, he's going to be around for a while. And this is uh, this is like a good development because now you're starting to get the ROH influence starting to bleed into AEW as well. Absolutely, I, just a couple guys from. Ring of Honor, I'm definitely interested in seeing an AEW. Dalton Castle and Dan Housen are my two that I specifically want in there. But uh, I could also see, I could definitely see Castle going to WWE. He, it's, actually, it might even depend how much longer Cesaro has on his contract as they used to be a big tag team for Ring of Honor. So, <laughs> You know, I, I, um, I keep on hearing about, too, is uh, Brody King. Which one's he? Be aware of him. No, who's Brody King? Big, ta big tattooed dude who is buddies with Malachi Black, and I've heard that he is probably going to be the first member of the House of Black. There you go. It sounds like he yeah. fit right in. Yeah, Malachi Black and Brody King are like champions for, I don't, know, is it, I don't think it's GCW, but it's MLW? Like another, mm, I forget. I'd have to look it up. Smoky Mountain? They, yeah, they, nah, Smoky Mountain. No longer. They no longer exist, unfortunately. Jim Crockett Promotions? Yeah. Nope. AWA? Original NWA. Original NWA, no. <laughs> Mid-South Wrestling. Mid-South Wrestling. Well, anyways. So, but overall, I love the pay-per-view. It wasn't all out. All out, I thought, was 
booked a little better and those surprises. It was a historic pay-per-view. This one was a great follow-up to that. Yeah. Nobody's disappointed with it by any stretch of the imagination, unless you were on mushrooms or something stupid. But uh, <laughs> what do you, but uh, besides that, though, I just thought it was a great pay-per-view, and I'm really excited to see all of the new stories that they are starting in AEW. First story with Hangman Adam Page. What's first story with a lot of guys? CM Punk. Or is Eddie Kingston going to continue? Because I would call for that baby face finish. That did not happen the way we thought it was going to happen, or at least I did. Actually, you thought it was going to be no. a beatdown, so it was kind of like a hybrid of the two. Yeah, I, I, Eddie's on a different plane altogether right now, man. That's amazing. And uh, I was listening to another pad, podcast today, and they actually compared him to Stone Cold as far as how real he is. And they also cited that um, that article in The Athletic that I told you that I read, which was excellent. Yeah, I can't believe I'm giving this much time to Eddie Kingston in my life, to be honest with you. You love Eddie Kingston. Yeah, so you, you're all in on this guy. And now... Uh, and again, I'm not crazy about his style of matches. Like again, it's sort of like the frumpy guy, but he's pulling it off as a real guy. Frumpy. And yeah, and it just like you know. So I, you know, but the crowd reaction is so damn real. He's real, and you you see something organic happening. And again, he's acting like a heel, and he's still getting completely over. So. It's rare you see something like this, and and it's good for business. It's good for AEW. It's good for Eddie Kingston. I'm not saying put the world title on him by any means, but you know what? (laughs) The TBS title or the TNT title, that might be in his reach. Tag titles for sure. I think he will be a champion. I 100% think he will be an AEW champion. He has talked about being a champion since he walked through the door. He almost won the championship. So I think think he will have that Nick Foley moment. Wow, that'd be huge. I think that's going to happen. And I think he gets elevated. And this is what I think might happen to the Eddie Kingston character in the future, in the near future. He's going to turn heel with Moxley, probably still get cheered a bit, what have you. And then when they do their run with that, Moxley, there's going to be some kind of respect given more. And then Kingston will feel accepted somehow by Danielson and CM Punk. And maybe Moxley turns on him. And then can you believe how much of a baby face he'll be over when that happens? And then the true, which would have been the true way to you would have wanted it, but you couldn't because Moxley was so popular at the time. That feud works if I believe that feud works a lot better if Eddie is the baby. Because again, you oh, never yeah. thought he had a chance to beat Moxley. He wasn't an underdog. I'm talking about Moxley. So now if they fight, Eddie can have that rocky vibe. And I said it at a podcast back then when they were fighting. I said that. Eddie is going to be a likable baby face, but as a heel, he's not believable to beat John Moxley. Yeah. Yeah. So. But, yeah. Yeah. He's one of the more interesting cats in, in wrestling right now. And it's like, I give the guy credit. He's being real and true as can be. Fans are totally absorbing it, loving it. And this is a, this is a good spot right now in history for him because he's at the right place at the right time. Speaking of right place at right time, we see you sitting there with the right place, the right time, and the right championship. Ladies and gentlemen, after going – and by the way, you lost two matches, not one. How many did I beat above you, though? You still beat me by three. I'm not talking about that, but you didn't go nine and one like I did at Crown Jewel. But as you can see, ladies and gentlemen, the Impaler impaled the living shit out of me. 
He got, we had three different picks. He got all three right. I got all three wrong. And we did both get two other matches wrong, though. But I had a really shitty pay per view. Holy cow. The only one I got right was I mean, Hank Kenny. I, I mean, it's gotten to the point where I'm going to even ask do you even watch AEW or not? You have smoked me on AEW. And it, it was the kiss of death. Early on, I said, I always take you on the AEW pay-per-views. That has not been the case the last yeah. two, at least. I think I think I did well at Double or Nothing. I think I, I, I had a pretty good lead after Double or Nothing. But um, it was such a weird year. And by the way, folks, just so you guys know, if anyone's been paying attention, and if you are, we are going to have a quarterly contest and we have a new championship dubbed Impaler dubbed it. I'll let you tell the, the people, the pop, all the high, all the high poppers out there. The high poppers. That's the name of our fans. The high poppers. There you go. Or you get high poppers. poppers and go to the bathhouse. I don't know. Whatever. Yeah, it is. A, there is that connotation, I guess, if you're familiar with that lifestyle. Huh? I'm not familiar with it, but I did watch dabble an episode of Always Sunny in Philadelphia. But I rather. Uh, no more gay innuendo, please, sir. Um, so, so if you were paying attention to the storyline, this was a really weird year, back and forth, back and forth. I think I had a three match lead. I think we were, I had a three match lead, and then you gained a bunch on me. So much, I think a seven match swing where you had a four match lead on, me. and then I cut cut it down to one, to three, and then of course I had a great crown jewel, nine and one. Came back like Lazarus, rising from the grave, all knotted up, going into what's supposed to be my forte. Maybe I should have paid oh, more yeah. attention to AEW, not just hanging, 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 Kenny. And you beat me. You soundly beat me. You picked MJF. You picked Brian Danielson, and you picked the Inner Circle. I did not. And all three walked out winners. So congratulations, Impaler. And there's a video right there of him enjoying the victory. And there he is, right there. And there he is again, folks. High spots, cheap pops, pick em champion. The inaugural high spots, cheap pops, pick em champion. So, but we're going to do this every single AEW pay per view. We will have the numbers uh, allotted, and we're going to be getting together for every single AEW pay per view, and we will know who can walk out. So, hopefully, by this time at Revolution, I'm going to be having the Purple Nurple back. Around my gorgeous waist. However, I never actually wore it, so it wouldn't be back. That was wrong. I'll just, I still have this one to play with. This one I can pretend I'm Tito Santana. Arriba! That valuable. There you go. Arriba. There you go. You, got, you can say that. And then I can look at this belt and be like, how the hell did he not pick MJF? It wouldn't have mattered. Even though I, I, and I said this in the pay per view, I was like, I'm glad we're not tied going into this because I would have really hated, despised if the inner circle match fucked me. I would be I'd be salty about this. This was a clean mm -hmm. beating, and I can accept that a little bit better. So kudos yeah. to you, sir. Oh, I appreciate it. Thank you. And thank you for spending the thousands of dollars of cryptocurrency on this belt. And um I will display it proudly as I'm uh getting my office ready for the show. So any other takeaways you have for AEW Full Gear? And did you feel the excitement and the energy? And did you, the other question I had, did you feel like some of the matches were a little long? Because I definitely feel like the crowd, there was a lull in the crowd just before the main event. Luckily, the main event was so hot it didn't matter. But 
just something I noticed. The crowd was a little bit. Yeah, I, I thought there was a bit of a lull at some points. Um, you know, it's tough to keep the energy up for that many hours. And, uh, um, and then, you know what? I thought it was a little bit of like a, a weird mishmash tag team match for Cody and Pac and Malachi and Andrade. I mean, there was a couple of cool things that happened in the match itself, athletically especially, but again, it's like, what the hell's going on here with these four, you know? And, and then, you know, they sort of shoehorn that into the card itself. So I think that sort of stole some of, you know, the thunder of the actual event. And Cody was like, uh, what, what do you mean? I'm an EVP. I've got to be in this, I got to be in this pay-per-view. Right. So, you know, all of a sudden you know, they have them going there. I thought something bigger was going to be revealed also in terms of the house of black, which I thought was a little bit of a negative that nothing really happened. I think they might have been trying to protect the main event, the storyline. They wanted that to be the main deal. With mm-hmm. the that so I think that's why you didn't see any other bigger surprises. The way they introduced Jay Lethal was very subtle. It wasn't like lights out. Yeah. <gasps> Who is it? It was just like, hey, everybody, Jay Lethal's here. Shivani. So, all right. Well, well, I thought it was great. And, and sky's the limit now for AEW. Thank you again. Uh, I, I always do this. Thank you to the rest of the fans out there, the high poppers. I love that. The high poppers. Hi, poppers. The high poppers. Love a poll. Should we call you guys just the fans or high popping community? High popping community. What a high popping community. I like that. High popping is not bad. Maybe not high popper. There's a high popper. <laughs> definitely is different vibe. Um, but yeah, so it's going to be interesting to see how, how they go about this and uh, i'm super excited for where they're at in aew and uh just really enjoyed the pay-per-view so onward upper grand just but again that's what i was so i gotta thank everybody again you know thank you to the fans thank you to the everyone who started aew everyone who's been on board since day one because there wasn't as many you know in a year or two from now we're gonna remember these early days of aew and say we were there when they did they started this shit and we were there when the revolution happened. We were there to see the world change. Keep that in mind the next time you're watching WWE and AEW together. And look at the reaction of the fans. You know what's real. I mean, you know, during the, the pre-show meeting here, like just to sort of piggyback on what you're saying here, we were just discussing that Survivor Series is this Sunday, and I didn't even realize it. I'm still thinking about the last pay-per-view on AEW. I'm not even looking ahead. I'm still looking behind. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's just a telling sign as to what's going on between the two products currently. And, yeah, and and there's not – there wasn't – I didn't see a lot going on. We talked about SmackDown this past sun, Friday. I mean, I'm, I'm – can I say it? I'm kind of getting over Roman a little bit. Sorry. I don't need to see five minutes of him walking down every. It's not special anymore. Mm. I'm sorry. It's just I, I just and I know they're they're trying to build wood, but I have another challenge. And, and the last challenge I laid down, and maybe my parameters weren't fair, but everybody who Roman has feuded with has not been elevated since he feuded with them. They went back to where they were before. 
Every Not Daniel Bryan. <laughs> fair, fair enough. I mean, he elevated he he elevated him right to a better right to a better company. Roman Reigns created the American Dragon. That's what WWE fan is saying right now. Roman Reigns Pretty is much. the reason Brian Danielson's so good right now. But you know what? Like I look at it, and it's like I get what you're saying. And yeah, I wish Roman's entrance could be shorter. I mean, okay. Same I mean, like you know, you, you yeah, you and I discussed that. And, and what sucks too is like they tend to go to the commercial right after he gets to the ring. So it's like, oh, okay. So I just watch this guy walk for five minutes. That's great. And um, it's a complete time killer, really. Um, but again, it's on creative. It's on Vince. Who are you trying to build here? And really, are they building Xavier Woods? Or they took his crown from what I saw, and basically he's feuding with Big E at Survivor Series. So it's not really... Really, Xavier Woods won the King of the Ring, and he's basically being uh, uh, brought back to the tag team part portion of it where he and Kofi are going to be feuding against the Usos. So even him winning the King of the Ring, he's back to being a tag team wrestler. Well, I mean, the jury's still out on that, but, yeah, that could that looks like it could be the case. But either way, right. what, what's, what's, what's Kofi going to do when he's done here? I mean, I'm sorry, what's... What is he going to do when he's done? I mean, again, he feuded with Cesaro. Cesaro's not even on TV consistently anymore. Feuded with Jey Uso, who was a tag wrestler, just because he didn't have anything else going on. Jey Uso became a big deal. Now he's just another Uso again. You really got to look hard to figure out which one is which. And, you know, Kevin Owens... I mean, what what person did Roman? That's how you know it's what a champion does. A champion elevates other people. You know, Tay Conte is now elevated because of that match with Britt Baker. When losses elevate the person, you know, so you're not seeing that with Roman. So you can give me all. I I, I feel like, and I'm sorry, this is going to insult a lot of people. People are going to get pissed about this, but I feel like he is he is an island of a mediocrity in a ocean of shit and we forget what a main event i mean when people you hear mac if you call him the goat is roman reigns even in the, should be ever be mentioned in the same breath with hogan not hogan god i don't want to say hogan uh flair even randy savage let alone uh, you know austin rock and and even uh, damn i would i mean in terms of the big time and cena in terms of the big time baby faces are in terms of big-time faces over the land of wrestling, Roman Reigns is – I don't think – I never thought he was on that level, and I still don't, even with Paul Heyman. And I'm wondering if everyone thinks he's so good because it's with WWE without Paul Heyman involved, which is shit by and large 75% of the time. Yeah, I, I mean – Teach their own, man. You know, it's like um, the way I look at it. To me, he and Heyman are the best thing on there. So we got to cover it to a certain extent. I'm entertained by Heyman just doing his facial gestures, even and just uh, basically playing off of them. To me, they're like the best comedy team on TV at times. And um, 
And um, I do, I mean, listen, what they're doing with the bloodline is exactly the way I would have booked it as well. So, I mean, I can't really be like, oh my God, you're doing exactly what I think you should be doing. Like, it's just silly. Um, but to elevate other people, I don't know, man. He's going to have to wrestle like Matt Riddle, who's not necessarily doing a comedy routine all the time. Uh, Xavier Woods would, would be a good person to sort of start off with because, you know, the guy can talk. Cuts a great promo. Good match. Good um, ring. ring. He, he has a good, can put on a good match. It's like, I, I feel like if they give him a little bit of a shot, I think the fans will get behind him. Um, you know, and then beyond, beyond those guys, man, like, I mean, really, you, I mean, Drew McIntyre, we're going to see that. That's obvious. I mean, was, I mean, what else, I mean, who else are you going to see him go against? Um, one, one thing that I'm actually intrigued with, with WWE is over the week, they did a European tour and um, Cesaro wrestled Walter. I heard that was going to happen. Evidently. How would that match go? I didn't see it yet, but I, I will definitely watch it. If I can get a get some of that footage, because that's something that's that's exactly what they should be putting on WWE TV. I mean, really, a few of those guys. But you have to question: Are is your casual WWE fan going to like that kind of professional wrestling? I or at the very the least, point. is the philosophy of Vince McMahon going to let that happen? Well, that's the that's the crook. That, that's the that's the crossroads right there. Is is oh, does Vince think? Like you know what? Like what I'm convinced about WWE fans will sit through whatever you put out there. Mm-hmm. So you might as well put on a good wrestling match and show them this huge Austrian. These two, both there. I think they're both from Austria actually. And it's like the Swiss. Or, well, one's Austrian. Swiss. Yeah, one's Austrian. One's uh, one's uh, Swiss. So I mean. You could, I mean, put the intercontinental belt, the U.S. championship, make it something. I mean, if you don't want to, you know, fringe on the Roman thing yet, then I take it from there. But Walter is a guy who, you know, that's something American fans need to start, like, paying attention to. That guy has, puts on a great match. He is an ugly dude. Yeah, he's not going to be on GQ anytime soon. Any any covers of GQ any any point, but... Another trick. Maybe if you wore this kind of hat. Really good. But yeah, that would help, actually. I think it's the presentation. I think Vince might be worried about how Americans would feel about him, which is silly, but whatever. Well, you know what it is? Is he's not he's not cut from granite like the ultimate warrior. And Vince can't get past that, even though that guy probably would legit kick the shit out of most people in the locker room. Yeah, for sure. All right, so anyway, what else is going on in the world of professional wrestling this week, Mr. Impaler? Um, really, I'm still on the uh, AEW hangover at this point. I haven't really been paying attention to much otherwise, especially on WWE side. I mean, they're they're putting together a Survivor Survivor Series that you and I discussed, and and I and again, I've said this to you the last two years. I think I get tired of the Survivor Series because nothing's on the line. Why Why do I care? SmackDown is going against Raw. Oh, by the way, we I mean, have to, we, have, we do have to, we have to do our pay per view uh, podcast this th- this week on Thursday. Are you excited? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I'm going to have more picks, and then the, this is very important for you. You want to start on the right foot. You don't want to start important. like zero three against me. Yeah, it's important. Um, but again, but you know, getting back to the Survivor Series, I don't understand what's the point of it. Like, what are they competing for? Show versus like, what's you know, 
it's an exhibition. I get it at this point. But you're making such a big deal out of it. Not you personally, but WWE. Like, how about this? Whoever wins gets to go and draft somebody from the other show. Well, I think what they said was uh, there is a there is a stipulation. Actually, there is. Yeah, but it, it kind of it kind of feels like did you know what it is? It kind of feels like that one that the All Star Game had, just to make people think it's, it's kind of like oh okay, I guess. Um, the winner, the brand gets the last five picks in the Royal Rumble, and the loser gets the first five picks in the Royal Rumble. Really? Yeah. So and there are they are wrestling this? for something. Adam Pierce or Sonya Deville? No, like, like who's picking those picks? Roman? I don't know, man. You're gonna, you're. I mean, it's WWE, baby. I'm not gonna ask that question. You're not gonna get an answer. By the way, wouldn't it be uh, great if Rusev cut if Miro cut a promo? Wouldn't it be great if Miro cut a promo, alluding to how God helped Roman but didn't help him? I yeah. thought I was your favorite champion. You didn't have a cameraman come and cut the ropes for me. For me. You you have forsaken me. You didn't forsake some jack off. That'd be great. Yeah, I, yeah Miro, man, he never gets old. It would, that would be a, that'd, be a great, that'd be a great promo live in a crowd too. He'd get a big pop for that. Oh yeah, yeah. Any reference to WWE? I mean, and you know what? He deserves it too. It's like because they they put Lana through hell and back, yeah. eh. table after table, whatever. I mean, it just it's not even professional after a certain point. <laughs> it They're like, okay, weird. your husband, your husband left. We're gonna keep on putting you through a table, and you and I actually discussed. We're thinking, oh, she's gonna win the tag team championship at WrestleMania. She disclosed now. Yeah, and they're like, nah, whatever, nah, nah. You're just gonna go through another table. She was not a very good. She's not a very good wrestler. Yeah, yeah nobody's gonna confuse her with Bret Hart anytime. But yeah, I mean, still, if you're gonna go and do that over and over, usually there's some sort of payoff, and not just some sort of professional punishment on live TV. I wonder if she's ever gonna show up in AEW. There's, she's oh, referenced. Yeah. Oh, she's referenced all the time. Oh yeah, when she's she's gonna be a difference maker. That might be what he needs because it'll be a second big loss in a row. Yeah. And that might be the little thing he needs. Like she comes back to him anyway. Yeah. And she starts oh, accompanying that's so him. so pretty. Work. I can't wait. She's going to get a pop, man. Oh, definitely. Anytime. Definitely. She, that's what you got to love about AEW fans, man. Even if you're a heel, they're going to cheer for you. It's like, welcome to the family. You know, oh, yeah. it's such a, it, it, just the love between fans and, and promotion. I don't know if I've ever seen that kind of vibe before. Like people are, fans are love. No one ever loved Vince McMahon the way people love Tony Khan. Uh, yeah, I'd agree. Uh, yeah, I'd agree with that. Yeah, and Tony Khan's such yeah. a good guy. He might tweet something that's like slightly aggressive, not even. Like he tweets something slightly passive aggressive. What a piece of shit! He should keep his mouth shut. I would never do something like that. Thanks, Eric Bischoff. Yeah. <laughs> but I 
don't know. I, Dave, fuck Dave Meltzer. He doesn't know what he's talking about. All right. Anyways, that's my first attempt at a Bischoff. But all right. Well, so that's all we got for you this week. I'm pretty excited about what's in the future. Impaler, it was a pleasure going toe-to-toe with you this year. It was. How's it? We considered this a pleasure, huh? Looking at this and its rightful home, the purple nurple. You son of a bitch. You son of a bitch. I'm playing Fight your favorite Taylor, band. baby. Fatty and Taylor, I'm baby. Pl- right now, I'm playing your favorite song by your favorite jam band on this thing. Which one's that? Do I know? Whatever one, whatever one's on your mind. Doesn't matter. Twiddle. Twiddle, yeah, yeah. And Well, anyway, it's all right. Well, this show's gonna go off the rails if I start singing songs. Please like and subscribe. Jesus fucking Christ. Do it. Just do fuck, it. Fuck the producer. He's an idiot anyway. <laughs> Jack off. <laughs> Jerk off producer. So thank you so much for listening to High Spots and Cheap Pops. Please hit the like button. If you like what you saw, please subscribe. Tell your friends. We do comedy. We do some poignant moments. And please check out Acts 4 and 5 coming this week in the Hangman and Kenny Saga. And we will certainly include this past weekend. So super excited about that. Hey, uh, all I got for you guys is uh, we'll be back Thursday night going over Survivor Series. And uh, otherwise, uh, we're just basking in the glory of uh, full gear. Here, end of the lesson. See you guys later for High Spots and Cheap Pops! <laughs>